Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 29 of Sodom and I. So, today, today's church, lessons from the, from, you know, Revelation 7 churches, this is talking about the letters that John wrote to the seven churches that Jesus wanted him to write to. So, the first uh, first church we talked about was Ephesus, who had forsaken their first love. The second church was Smyrna, who experienced persecution and was encouraged not to fear. The third one was Pergamum, where some people appeared to be seduced and were displaying a morally compromised lifestyle. The fourth one was Thyatira, where some believers were tolerant of sin and false teaching. And then today, we are looking at Sardis, a spiritually dead church, a call to spiritual revival. Today, we're looking at Sardis, a church that looked alive outwardly, but inwardly was spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I like to do? We're going to read it in NIV, and then we might read it in King James if I feel like there's something we could get more out of it in King James, right? So we are in Revelation. Get your Bible. We're in Revelation chapter three, verses one through six. So we're not in chapter two anymore. It's chapter three. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, Mm -hmm. this is an NIV, by the way. I don't know if I said that already. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, that you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not spoiled, you know, soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to dig into that anymore. That was pretty Mm self-explanatory. So we'll continue. Sardis was once the capital city of the Lydian empire. The city was about 30 miles south of Thyatira and maybe 50 miles east of Smyrna. The city was located near Pactolus River. Mm -hmm. It was built upon a peak where three sides of the peak were vertical, smooth rock walls. It was some 1,500 feet above the valley floor, but as the city grew, the hill area was limited, so the city expanded to the valley floor. The people of the city felt secure because of the location and natural defenses of the city. 
They felt like the three sides were safe and impenetrable from attack due to the steep, smooth clefts, and because of that, those sides were left unguarded. Mm-hmm. The people felt only one side, the south side, needed to be guarded, and because of that false confidence, the inhabitants became overconfident. Their slackness led to the city being captured once by Cyrus of Persia and later by the Romans. Both times, the enemy troops scaled the steep, smooth clefts at night, and they took the city. In both cases, the people had become lax in their defenses. The city had a reputation of being impenetrable, and yet it had been captured not once, but twice. The carelessness and complacency of the people of Sardis allowed the city to become overconfident regarding their physical safety, and their enemies took advantage of their complacency which eventually led to the city's capture and downfall twice. Be aware of spiritual laziness and overconfidence. What happened to the city military was also happening to the church and believers spiritually. Now I'm going to take a pause because I know a lot of the times or in the past, what, four days uh, it starts saying spiritually a lot. Like, it's like, you know, the church believers spiritually. The believers were spiritually overconfident. They believed they were spiritually secure and gave no thought to the enemy. Inroads uh, a false teaching that was beginning to, to eat away at their souls. All the spiritually this and spiritually and spiritually. It's, it's, they're not repeating these words for no reason. You know, a lot of the things that happen, uh, Spiritually, they happen first, and then we see it in the physical realm. You have to be able to open up your heart and mind to God and let him guide you spiritually, because he He might not show you everything physically first. <laughs> Most of the times he won't. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, the you got to pay attention spiritually, because that's where your faith comes in. You know, like if, if, uh, like in church, for example, heavy example in church, because I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to be telling you guys everything that's happening in my life when, when everything pops off, you feel me? But spiritually, all of the things that pastor is telling us is confirmed. You have to have faith in order to connect, to make that stuff connect with the physical. You feel me? Because if God is trying to bless you, but you're like, oh, I don't really know if it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're blocking it because you don't believe it spiritually. You're not spiritually confident in his abilities to fix your life, you know? So spiritually, 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 you know, spiritually, spiritually. Don't be dead spiritually be alive spiritually, you know, but continuing, y'all, y'all know I like to get passionate. Sardis never regained its own independence after being captured. The city was destroyed by an earthquake around AD 17, and with the help of Emperor Tiberius, it was rebuilt. In John's days, the city was still prosperous, but in decline and it never regained its former glory. The city lost all its physical appearance of greatness, and the church of Sardis and the believers were following the same path. 
The memory of the days gone by was alive and well in the people, but the vitality and independent life of the city was gone. The church appeared to be alive outwardly to the naked eye, but inwardly, spiritually, <laughs> it was dead. Here in chapter 3 of Revelation, Jesus is giving the church at Sardis a warning to repent and turn back to God. It sounds as if most believers uh, in the church had become spiritually complacent. They had become spiritually weak. They were no longer actively pursuing a fervent spiritual lifestyle. Instead, they had become spiritually lazy and were no longer guarding their hearts from spiritual attack. They were spiritually comfortable with their present condition and unconcerned about the future. John addresses the church and gives a warning for every believer to not become spiritually overconfident. It is a warning to refrain from being spiritually careless or complacent regarding their actions and attacks of the enemy. It was a call not to allow the ease of life to lull the believers to sleep spiritually, but rather to finish the race set before them. The church did not feel spiritually challenged or threatened and was unaware of its spiritual condition. Another pause. So you don't always have to be like doing something intentionally wrong to need to repent. I feel like that's a, a what's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember the word I'm looking for. But that's like, uh, e dang it. Ah, I'm so mad. I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? The church should not steal. Oh yeah. You don't have to always be like, all right, you know, I'm stealing. Let me go repent. You don't have to act. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. You don't have to actively be doing something wrong in order to need to repent. These people needed to repent because they didn't even, they, they didn't feel, uh, they were unaware of their spiritual condition. You know, they weren't like, oh, well, we're not doing what we're doing on purpose. You know, they just felt like they didn't need to do it anymore. Don't ever feel like, don't ever, ever, ever feel like you don't need to grow spiritually. I can guarantee you there's more that somebody knows that you do not. And even if they're not on this planet, it's God. God surely does know more than you. He surely does. <laughs> so never, never feel like, oh, well, let me get complacent or I know enough right now. You know, always search for more. And I'm going to take my own advice too. Like I'm only 23. You know, I'm, I have the rest of my life to stay connected and, and not spiritually fall asleep at the wheel with God. You know, I'm going to have to, to keep it consistent and be persistent in my spiritual walk, but I, I want to do that. And I want to be dedicated in doing that, you know, and teaching my kids to do that and influencing them to teach their kids and the kids and the great, great grandbabies, you know, all that good stuff. Are you spiritually asleep at the wheel? John refers to Jesus when speaking of the one holding the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I'm going to search up what the seven spirits of God are. Jesus knows your name. That's another one. I'm going to stick and pin in that. Jesus knows your name as we, as we have seen in the previous studies. He knows where you are and what you're dealing with. He knows your deeds. 
He holds the seven spirits and seven stars, representing the Holy Spirit and the seven angels of the seven churches. He is concerned about you and the church. He warns of spiritual complacency that can lead you to become spiritually weak and dead. Don't get complacent. Jesus calls attention to sin and death and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who calls the unbeliever and believer alike to repent. Unbeliever and believers need to repent. Just because you're a disciple of Christ does not mean you have nothing else to work for. This is not the promised land. <laughs> this is not the promised land. Becoming, you know, being being a disciple of Christ, that's not the promised land in itself. You got to stay in it to get to the promised land, you know? You got to stick with it to be in it. Mm -hmm. Stick with it to be in it. Put it on a shirt. Saying, he who has an ear to hear what the Spirit says. John is saying that Jesus knows what you've been up to. He knows your past, present, and future. I hope that didn't make some of you guys' heart skip a beat. Because you already know that he does. <laughs> he knows your reputation and what you want others to see and think about you. Mm -hmm. the, believer, the believers of Sardis were thinking all was good, but they had a false sense of security. They were becoming spiritually dead men walking. John warns them to wake up. This church put on a good face, but however, the church was living in the shadows of the past. One might say that they were spiritually asleep at the wheel. The church of Sardis had been, down, uh, had been on a downward spiral spiritually for a while. The influence of the world had taken root, and the tolerance of sin had taken its toll. A deadly spiritual cancer known as complacency had unknowingly made its way into the church and sucked the spiritual life out of it without even a fight. The city of Sardis was once rich and lively, but over time the city's own self-confidence was its downfall. What happened to Sardis can happen to any believer when they become too confident and think they are spiritually okay or spiritually invincible regarding temptation or attacks of the enemy. That complacency is basically an invitation to the enemy in your brain. And that's not in the article. That's come from me. The, the, it's like complacency, you being like, all right, well, I'm just going to let my guard down or I'm just going to vibe or I'm just going to chill. You know, oh, I don't feel like reading my Bible tonight or you know what? I'm not going to pray today. You know, like I already know he got me that or like, what, what was I saying? Just because Jesus died for your sins doesn't mean you should just sin and do whatever all day and not repent because you know that he died and, you know, they're already forgiven. That's not what he died for. <laughs> That's not what he died for right so just do what you do what you need to do don't be complacent don't invite the enemy into your brain by being complacent read your bibles pray seek god and his word mm -hmm. and he gonna make sure you all right you know do, 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 do. where are we yeah friends do not underestimate the enemy of your soul 
Just because you are not fighting some great spiritual battle right now doesn't mean the enemy is taking a break. He's spying. He's spying out a way to get you to let your guard down and sin. It was when these things were going well that the Israelites drifted away from God. Do not let up spiritually. Be spiritually vigilant Mm -hmm. and on guard against the attacks and schemes of the enemy. Prescription to stay spiritually healthy. Mm -hmm. Do not take your eyes off Jesus. Do not take your eyes off Jesus. Finish the race set before you. Do not become lax in faith. Spiritual laziness, the spiritual laziness that the believers at Sardis had developed did not appear to be concerning to the individuals within the church. Yet, like cancer, if not diagnosed properly, it will kill sooner rather than later. Praise God. Verses 2 and 3 give us a spiritual prescription to eradicate the sickness. 1. Wake up. John tells us to wake up, to be on guard spiritually in a continual state of watchfulness. It is a continual state of watchfulness that will keep us from becoming caught off guard and overrun by the enemy. The enemy of your soul will search out and attempt to find a way to your heart that is left unguarded. Do not be seduced by the ungodly ideas of the world. Instead, remain spiritually vigilant. The lack of spiritual watchfulness can be costly. The moment you think that you are spiritually safe and secure is the time the enemy will strike. The believers of Sardis had not become lax overnight, but rather over time. Wake up and be alert. 2. Strengthen what remains. Next, John tells the believers to strengthen what remains. He was warning those that were not completely spiritually dead that they were not spiritually safe either. There was still a glimmer of spiritual life in the church. There were some who remained faithful and alert, who did not soil their clothes and still produced spiritual fruit. These believers were alert and ready for the enemy to attack. It would appear that some believers were on spiritual life support, and unless they acted upon the warning to wake up, they would find themselves without hope and unable to recover. Number three, remember. Next, we see that John calls the believers to remember what they had once received and heard. The believers in the church of Sardis once believed and were a spiritually, they were spiritually alive, a spiritually alive. Good job. <laughs> but something happened. The spiritual flame that once burned bright in their eyes. Oh, my 